Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 98. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, I have a fun interview for you with Colleen Ahrens from BetterMoneyHabits.com. This is a great website and resource for people to learn good money habits. I've been really impressed to see the work that they've done, and this is a very interesting interview about what's going on with millennials and what kind of difficulties are they having that we've never seen people have before, and how can we help them, and how can we help them get ahead. So I hope you enjoy this interview. I had a great time doing it, and without further ado, here we go. I'm very excited to have on the show today Colleen Aaron from Bank of America. Colleen, how are you doing today? Great, Linda. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Well, it's been an amazing time. We uh, had some interaction at FinCon, the financial conference there in Charlotte. How's it been for you since getting back from FinCon? It's been great. That was a fun conference. So much, so much to uh, learn from all the experts in the room, and um, it was just great to to be with you. Thank you. There was a lot of information shared, and one of the things I learned was about Bank of America having better money habits and started that website. I found that really phenomenal that you're trying to educate people and. Uh, you know, now you've got some things for military, and I, I'm hearing all these great additions that you've made. So. Tell me about Better Money Habits and why. what made you start it and what impact is it having? Sure. Well, the Better Money Habits program has been around for about two and a half years, and it's not Bank of America's first foray into financial education. Uh, we've been doing this for a long time in, in different parts of the company, but a few years ago, we really took a step back and, you know, it, under Brian Moynihan's leadership, we started to articulate what this company's about, this this whole company, the full enterprise, and it's about helping people live better financial lives. And we like to say further to, through the power of every connection, and that's the job of all of the employees at the bank, all 220,000 of us. And and we, we saw a gap, a gap in that we didn't have one one-stop resource for all of our customers and our community partners to go to to find the basic financial education information they needed to make smart decisions. So that that was kind of what inspired Better Money Habits. And, and when we thought about our capabilities, our expertise, and then our ability to educate, we knew we needed a partner. And that's then where we found Sal Khan of Khan Academy. So he's a just a fantastic educator, a real innovator. Um, in in online learning, and uh, we've been working together since the beginning of Better Money Habits to create the resource, bettermoneyhabits.com, which is a free site full of content, over 150 pieces, um, tools, and and also just a a, sort of a broader marketing program to make people aware of the resource, whether they be customers. You know, we're in one of every two households in America, so we have ways to reach them, um, but then also broadly beyond our customer base. Um, so we work with Khan Academy to get the word out. 
That's so important because Khan Academy, Bank of America, and myself, we all have a heart to really teach people financial education that doesn't get taught in school. So I really applaud you for, you know, recognizing that need and, and really filling the gap. Thank you. And, you know, we've been pleased with the results we've had um, since we started. 10 million unique visits to the site, but probably more interesting is that we've had 90 million views of the content. And what that means is that, yes, people are coming to the website, and that, that's great, but in this, in this environment that we're in where social media is, is really king, and you know that more than, perhaps more than me, um, getting the content out into the environments where people go, um, the sites that people frequent, whether they be um, in a community center where they're getting financial counseling or whether they be on, you know, um, Huffington Post. Uh, we want to get our content out and, and into the right hands. And so the fact that more people see us outside of BetterMoneyHabits.com than on is, a, is another really interesting thing we've learned over the last few years. Oh, that's great. Well, I understand you also did a survey that examined financial wellness among young adults. What did you find on the survey? Well, it was um, the, actually the third survey that we've done in partnership with USA Today. It's called the Millennials and Money Report. And it's been kind of ongoing learning and insights about millennials um, and kind of what they, what they think about money and what their challenges are um, with personal finance. And what we found was that, you know, they're pretty stressed about personal finance. About 41% of them are saying they're chronically stressed. And so that, for us, was a big wake-up call because, you know, stress is a fact of life, but especially with our youngest generation, the most optimistic generation, to hear that, that they're this stressed was something that was a wake-up call for us. And so we, we kind of dug deep into, into that, that insight, and what we, what we hear is that, you know, this is a really important subject matter for them. And, and yes, they're optimistic and they have this, the smarts really to take this on, but there's still some, some knowledge gaps that they're trying to close. You know, um, they spend three hours a week on average working on their personal finances, and it's comparable to what they're spending on, on physical fitness. Um, but, but they're just not feeling like they're getting the results um, that they want. And so for us, that's an opportunity to, to figure out how can we better help them you know, uh, address maybe some of the areas where they're they're just not as informed. So, do you think that's because they are coming out of college with the greatest amount of debt that we've ever seen in a generation? Is that where the stress is coming from? Well, that's absolutely one of the bigger factors. There's so much that's changed for this generation compared to you know our generation and beyond, and that is. And I'm assuming you and I are both not in the millennial generation, right, Linda? Correct. <laughs> We're not, no, unfortunately. I'm so, I'm so not in the millennial generation. <laughs> unfortunately, but I will say that um, if student loans huge, about thirty thirty thousand dollars on average. Um, was the latest figure that we saw, and that's one thing. Another thing is the cost of living is is go, going up substantially, and some of them are countering that by living at home longer. We know that they're they're telling us that. But then the other piece is many millennials are seeing that they're underemployed, and and so while they may have invested in their education and have the student loans to show for it, they may not be earning an income that supports their lifestyle. And they, they also may struggle with developing that path to get on the right track. So there are a, a host of, of forces that are kind of working in a way against, you know, this wildly optimistic and resourceful generation. 
You know, I have to admit, I lived at home until I was about 24. After college, I went back, lived with my parents, saved my money, and, uh, you know, started a very low income in the financial industry. And so it helped me save money and helped me get started on my own. So it's not a bad thing, I think, that they're, you know, that they're living at home as long as they are saving money or paying off their debt and really focusing on their financial goals. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and in fact, doing what you did probably gave you the opportunity to just sort of regroup and, and build those good habits. And, and we do feel and we're seeing that when they have specific situations or opportunities like buying a car or, um, you know, deciding to move, let's say they, they got that job and they're, they're going to relocate, those are great moments where, where, where we and others can, can help them make those good decisions. And, and I think that that's really where we want to take this program and where we want to be is we want to help them in those moments that matter um, make a better financial decision. Um, certainly, day-to-day budgeting is is one thing, and and I think a lot of us are focused on that. But um, but I think those those big moments when they want to kind of make their dreams real, um, that's where we we hope we can serve them better. And definitely, with housing being so expensive, it's got to be just an incredible percentage of the income that they earn. That you know, it just it, it's got to be outrageous, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think that's why we see so much of the boomerang generation, right? So um, they're they're that's sort of um, they're going back home after college because it's it is a bit overwhelming to branch out on your own. Uh, of course, there's still the opportunity to to room with friends, and and we absolutely see that as well. Yeah, well, that is certainly cost effective for people, but maybe mm-hmm. not um, exactly how they saw themselves after getting a college degree, perhaps. Right. But, Uh, probably helps to get them started on the right foot. So are you seeing any differences between millennial men and women? Great question. And in fact, this this being our third study, we were able to delve into that a little bit more. And, you know, overall, they feel equally confident about managing their personal finances. And again, as I mentioned before, while they are stressed, they still exhibit a high level of confidence on the day-to-day personal finances. So it's an interesting thing. But then when we dug a little bit deeper on the differences, um, what we found was that, you know, women tend to be a little bit more anxious on spending. Um, so 34% uh, versus the 26% with men were indicating that they have some anxiety about their spending. And then going a little bit deeper on student loans, we found that women were also exhibiting more stress about those student loans. 31% of women said that this was a top stressor for them versus 22% of men. So that was kind of interesting there. And then on the other side of the coin, you know, what's kind of keeping men up at night, we found that men are really thinking about, um, you know, the stress around having a family, being financially able to have a family. So at a rate of 25%, this is a top stressor versus 19% for women. Oh, that's really interesting. What is it about the spending that is stressing the women? That's a great question. I think there's there's an issue around being debt-free. So I think there's the notion of connecting the spending to the debt level. And so women were also mm-hmm. saying that they were they were prioritizing being debt-free at a rate of 70% versus 58% for men. So, so again, I'm connecting the spending to the debt load and knowing that a lot of these folks are coming in already with some debt. Um, it's, it's, that was sort of our hypothesis was that those two things are connected. Interesting. Is there a connection between those that have a college education and those without, other than the obvious that one would have debt possibly connected to their college education and the other wouldn't? 
Yeah, it's a great question. You know, obviously everyone, everyone, you know, regardless of their education is in need of, of the basics and, and some insights around how they can do better with money. But we did find that those with a college degree um, are more likely uh, to make solid financial decisions or at least report that they make solid financial decisions. Yeah. And one example of that is they're spending less than they earn. And so getting back to that earlier theme, you know, we, we you know, that's sort of a simple thing, but again, if, if the assumption is they got a degree, if they're making a decent income, um, then, you know, hopefully they're in a position as they report to us that they're spending less than they earn. Mm -hmm. You know, I've not been a big fan of budgeting. I understand that it can help people, especially that don't have a, a real high income, I tend to be a fan of spending priorities so mm -hmm. that people are really putting their money where they want to put their money instead of just being wasteful with money, not really thinking about where they're spending their money. So how can they be smarter with budgeting? I think that's actually, I really love your, your, um, your approach. And, and for this generation, an approach that's focused on sort of values and, um, and priorities in life seems to work best. Um, we've been working on some tools recently on the Better Money Habits side um, where we can kind of simplify and, you know, with great visuals help people understand what they're spending and then play around with how, how would their budget look if they spent less in one area over another. So that's something we're testing right now. And um, we, we think that, you know, apps and tools that are really um, easy and simple are the way to go with this generation because um, that's just sort of the way they connect and the way they think about, um, you know, whether it be their physical fitness or in this case, their financial fitness. Basically making it easy because so, um, it's painful enough, but making it easy and simple and visual is, is the way we, we believe um, everyone's headed. So are they able to access Better Money Habits through an app? Actually, Better Money Habits is mobile first by design, and so we, we've not gone down the path of building an app, but what we are doing at, at Bank of America is looking at ways to integrate Better Money Habits content and tools into our online banking app, which is something that is a, you know, a very popular app in the App Store um, and uh, highly, highly utilized. So instead of building yet another app, um, that is our game plan. Hmm. That sounds good. So what guidance do you have for young people if they're just starting out and they want to learn the basics of money management? Well, we have, um, you know, a couple of, of key things that we've found have been effective, especially when you're talking to this audience. And the most important thing is making sure that, that they are, you know, using some form of a budget. We know that it's not perfect. It can be back of the envelope. Just understand what's coming in, what's going out, and align it with your priorities, very much like you said. That's step one. We want to make sure that they've got their debt under control. And we, we do go into some detail around, you know, how to think about sort of debt that is manageable and that's kind of in the right place, meaning kind of good debt. Debt where it's a single-digit APR, for example, versus what might be more ineffective debt, which is debt where it's in the double digits in terms of APR. And it's something that is, is truly ex it's expensive to hold that debt. So that's that's a really important thing we want to help millennials with is that there is a way to get it under control. That's a fact of life, but you can you can have more control over it. And then emergency fund is huge. And what's so fascinating is what people are choosing to save for. Um, I think that you know certainly my generation we 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 had to start saving for the unexpected, 
but also begin saving for other other longer term things. And sometimes you kind of bucket all that into emergency. But what we're finding with this generation is that they're saving for things like, you know, experiences. And um, perhaps they don't have a car, so they're not saving for that unexpected car bill, but they are saving for an unexpected loss of job. And so these are the things that are just different for this generation. The fluidity um, in which they live is very different um, from, from past generations where you're kind of in one place, maybe one city for a long time and one job for a long time. That's really fascinating because when you think about it and all the disruptive technology that's happening, you know, Uber and, you know, the cars that you can share with other people. And, I mean, maybe this is the generation that really does find a way to experience things and doesn't really have to own a lot. I think you know, that's, that's, that's really kind a, of a dream, isn't it? And, and yeah, you know, when I think I mean, about your area, Linda, you've got such a, a you know, a wealth of knowledge and wealth. And um, there's so many things, again, that this generation can do early on, like enrolling in a 401k or considering an IRA if they don't have the ability to, to invest in a 401k, just set it and forget it in a way. Um, where they can, you know, focus on the things that matter and the priorities that matter, but there are some really critical things that we encourage them to do right off the bat, just as you do. Yeah, I think that's so important. And, you know, really learning about going from saving and then the next step to investing is mm -hmm. really important for them, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so how would you say that Better Money Habits is different from other programs? Well, it's it's um we've done a lot of self-reflection, and what I'll say is that we did not build this thing to replace, um, you know, every, all the curricula that had been built out there. Uh, we work with many nonprofit organizations, for example, that work with um, you know a whole range of audiences from elementary school students all the way up to seniors and those who support who work with seniors. Um, and we did not want to just create something, a new, a new curriculum or a booklet and put it out into every center. What we wanted to do is create a, a content-rich program with tools and, and useful information that could be used by anyone. And so on our site, you'll see not only, you know, interesting videos, but also some great downloadables. And um, these are forms that could be used anywhere by anyone for free. We really see our role as supplementing. We, we certainly want our, our program to be on-demand, available, kind of comprehensive for all, but we also really see an opportunity to supplement existing efforts that are out there, whether they be by folks like you, Linda, or people who are working you know, in, in community centers, um, or librarians even, people who are trying to help. I think that's so smart and so needed, and I hope that this generation is the best financially educated generation that we've ever had. We do too. And they I, certainly have all the potential. Yeah, they certainly do. And I really love what you're doing, Colleen. And tell our listeners how they can find Better Money Habits. So they can find Better Money Habits on bettermoneyhabits.com. It's free and available. A great site um, full of hundreds of pieces of content. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.